0: Enough is enough. I am not doing this anymore. This is too much, and it has to stop. Sorry. Welcome to the show. My name is Tiago. This is the Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. Now we started this journey more than whatever, like two years. It's already too long to count. And at first, I was releasing an episode per day. That was crazy. Every day, I was recording 10-15 minutes episode. Actually, it was even less sometimes, 5 minutes episodes. And it was fun at first, but uh, it quickly became too much. Because, to be honest, I don't have that much to say, and the content was just repetitive. So then I switched. I switched to 3 times a week, then 2 times a week, then 1 time a week, and... At least I I always had one day. There was one specific day when I actually talked to you and released an episode. But it has kind of stopped, right? Recently, I haven't been consistent. I would sometimes release on Mondays or Fridays or weekends and sometimes not at all. It's been actually more than two weeks since I released my last episode and this is not good. It's not good for two reasons. First of all, I have your trust, right? You already know that I am going to release in a specific day, and you were kind enough to actually include me in your routine. I know that you don't have much time, but you take a little bit of that time to listen to me every week, and that's amazing. And that's something that I really consider. That's something that I'm really thankful about. But at some times, or it it, it kind of seems, I guess, that I'm not taking it seriously. I am. And this is about to change. So, I now decided to make the compromise to release one episode every Monday. Monday will be the new WBE day. And I know that I've said that many times. And you said, okay, you probably trust me. And now you're just saying, okay, prove it. But... I am going to be more organized. Every Monday, I will have something to say to you. I will try to schedule it in advance to make sure that there's always there something, that you can start a week with an episode of the WB podcast. Now, it's funny because I started my own other podcast. I started a podcast for my business, Pod squeeze. The podcast is called Lessons from a Podcaster. It's different kind of podcast because it's all about podcasting and advice that other podcasters can actually give to to help you that are starting in the podcasting world if you are starting in the podcasting world and if there's one tip that everyone no matter how big they are no matter if they have thousands of downloads per episode or just a few dozens there's one tip that everyone gives and It's not get a good mic. It's not get whatever Facebook ads or good guests. Yeah, sure, those are maybe important things. But the most important thing is consistency. Yeah, I kid you not. Everyone says that showing up every day. A lot of them actually every like they they always show up and publish at the same hour every week. It's key to grow their show. So, because I also care about this show, and I want to grow it, this just gives me another boost to make sure that every Monday, you will have an episode. Now, talking about this podcast that I started, at first, we started this podcast, Lessons from a Podcaster, as the marketing technique. I've been focusing more in marketing since the beginning of the year, and Joe and I, my co-founder, we have been playing around with multiple things, right? SEO is the main one, but we're trying YouTube and we tried this podcast. And at first I thought that this would be a way to get, you know, some decent amount of views and we would just get people to use PodSqueeze because we are targeting podcasters with this show. But to be honest, that is not working out the way we thought. We get around maybe 50 downloads per episode, which is not a lot. It's not, you know, game-changing. But there are other things that are making these podcasts really, really valuable. And I'll tell you what those things are. So, what if I told you that even before publishing an episode, I am already getting a lot, tremendous value out of my show. And the reason is because I am interviewing my customers. Yes, I am interviewing podcasters that use PodSqueeze. So this is giving me insights into three really main key points. First of all, I get to interview them and they get to know me. They get to know who's behind PodSqueeze, the tool that they use. And this brings a huge amount of credibility and branding, right? So now they know that we are not just this huge company that doesn't care about them. Now they know that we care about them. So next time they're about to churn or if they have any questions or any feedback, or if they want to even talk about a tool that is essential for their podcasting journey, they'll talk about us because they know me. So that's really, really important. Second of all is that uh, I ask them feedback. Every time, in every interview, after we stop recording, I ask them, hey, by the way, do you have any feedback or questions related to PodSqueeze? And I always write down everything. So now I have a much better understanding on how our product should evolve. And third, and probably the most important thing that I've been learning with this podcast, is that I've been learning about the podcasting industry. Now I understand better than ever who are our customers, why do they need PodSqueeze, and what's their goal with podcasting. And that has changed A lot. That has changed a lot the way we see our business. And I'll tell you more towards the end of this episode how this has changed. But before, let me tell you a story. A really cool story. So, as I told you before, we had tons of people interested in being guests in this show, in the lessons from a podcaster. And I was really happy, but also kind of anxious. Because when I opened up the registrations and I kind of gave them a Calendly link, two or three hours after... I opened my calendar, and it was packed, packed with tons of interviews. And I got anxious, because I said, okay, where is my time going now? I have three, four interviews per day. It's just, and I have to be honest, even though I canceled a bunch of them, the first two weeks, I don't know, I I thought I was having a burnout. It was just too much. Like, I like to talk, obviously, but... It was just too much to meet people and and the kind of the... I don't get super nervous, but of course I get a little bit nervous and I need to prepare. So, yeah. Fortunately, now that part is over. It's just for you to understand. We have enough material until the end of July already recorded. Yes, until the end of July. But yeah. After, you know, a week of interviewing dozens of people, it all got kind of scripted. I would see them and, you know, have kind of a pre-conversation with them, then do the recording and ask for feedback. So I didn't do much preparation, right? I, I didn't have the time to do preparation for each show. So once, uh, I think last week, I I was about to get into a call, in an interview, and I saw an email. This email was from tinyseed.com. I was like, Tiny Seed, I know this. I know Tiny Seed. And then, out of nowhere, well, not out of nowhere, we had this schedule, of course, but in the other side of the screen, Rob Walling shows up. Rob Walling, for the ones that don't know, he is the host of Startups for for the Rest of Us, which is a really good podcast, by the way, just about bootstrapped companies. If you like this podcast, you might want to check that out, too. And I was like, whoa, Rob, like, I was so confused. I was like, wait, uh, are we? at some point I didn't know if this was an interview or, or if it was an interview for this podcast, I don't know. So it got a little bit unprofessional, but he was super chill about it. And he said, no, I am a customer of PodSqueeze and I'm here to be interviewed for lessons from a podcast. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. And we did uh, an amazing interview. You know, obviously Rob, he has a lot of experience in podcasting and he gave really good insights uh, into like how people can grow their show. But then, after we stopped recording, I asked him about PodSqueeze. I told him, hey, we are getting into this kind of plateau with Podsquiz. The growth is not as, as much as it was. And I told everyone that I would go, grow from 10K to 100K this year. Uh, how can I do this? And he just pulled up his book, the SaaS playbook. And he said, well, you should read my book. This book is exactly for the kind of people that want to scale from 10K to 100K. And I was like, okay, sure, you're just selling your book. But I don't know. It was very convincing and I thought, okay, why not? Especially because there was an audio version of the book, an audiobook. I already convinced or accepted at least that I don't have time to read or the energy or I cannot prioritize reading at the moment. I don't have the the mindset to just stop and sit down and read a book. So instead of that, what I do is I listen. I listen to podcasts and listening to audiobooks is a great way. I will listen to more audiobooks, to be honest. So since he had an audiobook version, I thought, yeah, why not? It was like twelve bucks, super cheap. So like let's let's listen. I listened to it in like about a week or less. And I have to say it's probably one of the best books I've ever read around entrepreneurship. And I'll tell you why. It's very technical. It's not there's not a lot of like this bullshit on on kind of mindset. And I... I, There's... Yes, there's some cool books that I've read about mindset and so on, but they are very repetitive. It's like, for instance, The Lean Startup, which is a book that everyone knows. There's a lot of concepts. They, They just repeat this concept... Times and times, you know, between all the chapters. So this one was very to the point, very technical with chapters. Each chapter was so important. You know, there's chapters about how to hire, uh, what metrics you should focus on. There's also one really short uh, chapter about mindset and avoiding burnout. Everything you need to know to scale a company, a bootstrapped company. It's very focused on bootstrapping companies. So, yeah, I, I just tweeted about this by the way if you follow me at WTAC, you'll see and a lot of people were excited. So, I think I in the end uh, Rob made some money as well out of out of uh, you know being in the lessons from a podcaster. But that book has kind of changed the way we are, you know, st- um, strategizing pod squeeze and I'll tell you how. So, there's one chapter in particular that is the metrics chapter where Rob goes and speaks about each Individual cha- um, metric that you should focus on in your SaaS, and if you think about it, there's a bunch of like metrics you should follow. So once you start, like if you if you see the user journey of your uh, of your users, you have a bunch of percentages. How many people convert from visit to register? There's a percentage for that. How many people then for, go from registered to paid customers? And then how many people churn? And what is funny is that these numbers are known, right? There's averages everywhere. If you go online on Google and just put average conversion rate for a SaaS, they'll be there. there there's numbers. So you can actually really compare and and uh, benchmark your numbers with the, the average. Of course, that your business might be different, but... It's never too different, right? You always, we always think that we are the the last cookie in the in the package or like a special snowflake. But no, I mean we are just another one, another indie maker, another entrepreneur trying their business. And a lot of the things we have done, others have done before us, right? So it's really good to because you get to see what numbers are good with your business and what numbers are not. So I was checking, you know, our conversion rate from from a visit to signups. It's good. It's In the average, our conversion rate from um, you know sign up to to paid customers in the average, but our churn, our churn is a bit too high. You know when Rob speaks about it in his book, he tells that the churn, any churn that is above 10% is my business is on fire, and ours around maybe 11. So yes, that's the thing we need to focus. That's the need you need to focus because if we focus on marketing, which is also important. Right, uh, and we we get to bring more people to the to our website. Sure, that might kind of hide the problem because it keeps growing, but eventually, if your churn is too high, you will plateau and start losing customers. It's like having a bucket that has a hole on it. You can just keep pouring water into the bucket, and it will keep growing if you put more more water into than the water that is actually spilling out. But at some point, it's just not a healthy bucket. It's not a bucket you want to use. So I started asking myself, why? Why do you have such big churn? And, and the book also helped a lot on like v- organizing my thoughts. But it's good because I got to mix everything I've learned from the podcast, where I interviewed and understood the industry, with the churn we're having on PodSqueeze. And I came with some hypotheses that we are going to try to, to, to test. So, when, you're, when you have a product, you actually have multiple users. It's funny because you think of, okay, what are the users of PodSqueeze? Well, podcasters. Duh! Yeah, but even in the podcasting world, there are different kinds of podcasters. And I identified at least three or four. First, there's people that have a podcast just as a hobby right? They don't want to make money out of it. They or they do, but they don't put any priority into that. They just do it for fun. It's like just writing a blog. A lot of people already had a blog in their life, but they never thought about like making that into a business. So they're not willing to spend money into tools that help them grow their blog. Then there's people that take their podcasting really seriously, right? Like Rob Walling with startups from the rest of us. They want to monetize the podcast. They have thousands of viewers. Those are willing, of course, to pay. And then there's people that use the podcasting for their business, like we do with Lessons from a Podcaster. The the blog is just a way to gain credibility, networking, interviewing our customers. So it's part of our business, and therefore we're willing to put money into it. So The hobbyists, the people that do this as a hobby, they might use PodSqueeze, but they are not going to stick around. A lot of them will just try once or twice because they are curious about AI, but they will never convert to paid customers. And the ones that do, they use PodSqueeze maybe for one, two, three months, and they eventually churned because they are not so committed to their podcast. But the business people, the ones that use podcasting for their business, they are willing to pay. And those are, most of the people actually I interview, they have businesses. And that's so interesting. That is so interesting. Because it kind of changed the way we see our business, that we see PodSqueeze. And now we need to kind of change a little bit our product and and our marketing, our communication, because we want to target mostly these people, the people that actually want to spend money into PodSqueeze. Sure, it's great to have hobbyists. Sure, it's great to have, you know, other people, but they are not bringing money. Us. So the, the product should be focused more towards the, the people that we serve the best. And in, in that's my theory, that by doing that, our churn will go down. And if the churn goes down, it's so much easier to grow our tool. Like, just for you to understand, we have a lot of new customers per month, like at least 70, 80 new customers per month. That's crazy. That's a lot because these are recurrent customers, right? Each customer can bring us around 200, 300 bucks. So it's a lot. But a lot of them also leave. If, if we could reduce the, the churn, our growth would be so much more sustainable and, and, and it would be so much more fun. It would be less anxiety. So that's our plan. This is how we want to improve PodSqueeze. But it's not easy. It's not easy as well because there's a lot of competitors. We at first thought that our competitors would be the tools that start at the same time as us. And sure, they are all competitors, right? We see that some of our users leave us or end up not converting with us because they converted to a direct competitor. But what we fail to see is that our big competitors, the one that might actually destroy our businesses, are the huge tools that are already in the market, the tools that already have a huge user base, and they are now kind of introducing features that compete with us directly. I'm telling about this script. I'm telling about uh, Riverside, or not telling, I'm talking about Riverside, or Zencaster, big, big companies. So yeah, how do we compete with them? And there's another part of the book uh, that, I, man, this book is really good. You should, I, I'll link it in the show notes. You should listen to it, it or listen or read it, which is how to make your startup unique. How to make your startup uh something that is not copyable. A lot of people think that it's by building unique features. But to be honest, all of the features of most of the features you build are replicable. Nothing blocks your competitors to check out your website and see, oh cool, they have this feature. Let's just do it. Sure, you might be ahead two or three months, but they they can just copy it. Unless you have like some proprietary unique algorithm, whatever, they can just literally copy everything you do. So that's not making your startup unique. So what's making your startup unique? Well, it's the fact that you have three, four, one year in advance that you have more experience and you make, for instance, partnerships. If you make integrations from your tool to other tools, then you have something unique. It's something that it, your competitors cannot easily copy because they you know, establish good relationships with these companies and do these integrations. That's one thing. Another thing is like having a community for instance, something that only people with your community, with your network can achieve. So if we do this kind of features, implement this kind of stuff, we are making a more unique and solid product. So that's another thing that I learned from the book something that I really really want to implement. Yeah and that's basically that's what I wanted to focus in the next um, in the next I guess month. Um, at the same time, we're also focusing on marketing. I will do another episode more about that. I don't want to go get into details. But yeah, we are focusing on, on YouTube and like kind of a building a team around YouTube and, and TikTok. And uh, using also our VA. We hired a VA now to yeah optimize this kind of other ways to do marketing. Uh, the only thing that I want to say is that this takes time. When you're building things now, you are working for things that you will only collect the results three, four months from now. And I know in this world with shorts and TikToks and everything happening so fast, it's a big mistake to, to think that we should see results immediately. Not only in entrepreneurship, to be honest, in life, everything, right? Everything in life takes time. The good things takes time. And, and if you believe that you'll get things and results right away, you're wrong you are wrong, right? And that's kind of what's poisoning a little bit our society, right? We want immediate dopamine. That's why we love short. That's why we we love eating, you know, shitty food because it it gives us the pleasure right away. But if you eat healthily, then you'll get pleasure maybe in three, four, even years ahead because you'll be healthy, right? So, I don't know, maybe now I just took the wrong turn here, but coming back to entrepreneurship we are now focusing on things that will collect the results in the future, right? And we made this mistake. We made this mistake in the past. When we first started, we got the trend of AI and we thought it was just continue. So we didn't focus on SEO and other kind of sustainable marketing. So once we started sustainable marketing, once we started SEO, it took us three, four months to actually collect the results. So for those three, four months, we were anxious. We were thinking, oh man, why? Are, like this is not working out. And we were about to give up. Uh, It's good that we didn't, but now what I think is that whatever we are doing now, focusing on YouTube, focusing on strategizing, focusing on our podcast, we'll see the results three, four months ahead. So the results I'm collecting now, I started this, you know, three, four months in advance. So I don't know, it's just a mindset shift as well. Like you need to think in the future. If you are always working and, and, you know, putting out fires, then your company will not be healthy. Yeah, and that's it. I don't have any more to talk uh, with you about. Well, actually, I might kind of to freshen up things a little bit and and stop speaking about PodSqueeze. I've been playing around with another idea. It's completely different, but it's quite fun, which is the idea of having an office. Yeah, so I'm tired of working from home. It's super annoying because at some point, I don't know, you just feel that you never leave the house. So my dream would be to have like a little fun office with, with you know, PodSqueeze team and some friends and we can go all there and work from there. So I've been playing around with that and, and seeing and maybe the possibility of kind of creating a, a co-working space for indie makers. And once I actually tweeted about this, a lot of people got excited about it. So this maybe shows me that there's a possibility for a business there. But then immediately, a friend of mine that has a co-working space sent me a message and saying like, don't do it. Don't do it. We tried doing that before. It won't work because that will just distract you from your business. Like, having a co-working space is a different, complete kind of business. But I don't know. I kind of still want to do it. And that's the problem of being an entrepreneur. You always think that you know best. Everyone around you is telling you the, the right answer, and you'll be like, nah, they're wrong. I can do it better. <laughs> At the same point, that's also the benefit or or at least uh, what makes entrepreneurs advance is thinking that they cannot, can do better, right? Anyways, I don't want to go get too much into this, but I will ask you this. If you are living in Portugal or Lisbon, is that something you'd consider? Go to a co-working space, um, indie co-working space. If that's something you consider, shoot me a message on Twitter. My handle is WB Thiago. Follow me there. And uh, yeah... This was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. Make sure you share it with your friends, indie makers and your mother and your father and your grandparents and your sister and your everyone. You know, share it with everyone because let's make this podcast grow. And this was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. Once again, I'll see you next Monday. Let's go.